I got a surprise for you tonight, Mike. Uh, me? Yeah. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> I just remembered I got an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I good. just got a call. <laughs> what? There's an avalanche in the backyard? <laughs> oh, my <Yes>. gosh. <laughs> There weren't many of them left. Yeah, and it was <laughs> a big old tray. I was like, Ooh. oh, yeah. yeah. Like, she put it on the like, center console between us and the truck. And, like, when she picked him up to take him out, there was icing on the center console. I was like, oh, man. I said, this is why we can't have nice things and why I still want to be fat. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, welcome back to the Broken Record Ministries podcast. This is the part where I normally say you're listening to the B-side. Mm. But there's something that I want to start sharing over the course of the next four or five weeks probably about a recent trip i took to philadelphia so i thought as a as a throwback we could change the subtitling just temporarily to y'all didn't guess is mike mm. that might be i do mm. i don't are you sure i th- I'll, I'll probably kick myself as soon as you say it i'm thinking that philly faith ah there you go <laughs> there it is <laughs> Kicking it back in Philly. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I guess I should like loosely explain that story about how we became enemies. Yeah. Then friend, enemies. Yeah. Then frenemies. No besties. No. That's a little bit of a throwback to how I started off podcasting before I joined Broken Record Ministries. Started a podcast with a buddy of mine named Chris. It was the Restoration Roundtable at first. And then I took my first trip to Philadelphia. Um, my first mission trip there. And then when we came back, we talked and we changed the name of the podcast to That Philly Faith Podcast. Mm-hmm. And Mike hated us for it. Mm, oh, yeah. Man. I was... Very briefly. I was I was going through a very prideful time. And... Uh, you said you wanted this to be about pride. Yeah. I, yeah, I did. Huh? Like yeah. Prophetic. It wasn't on mine, but, you know. <laughs> but here it is. Yeah, well, that was on me, though. But, you're yeah. Welcome, brother Mike. Yeah, he yeah. off a bit off the rails there, but yeah, it was uh, not a not a glorious time in my life because uh, had met met Carl at um, our community kitchen doing you know serving the community and everything, and he had talked to Ronnie about you know what we were doing and stuff, and it said like he'd like to get involved and everything else, and then. From my view, the next thing I see is, boom, he comes up and he's got his own podcast. And I was like, wait a minute, what the heck? You know, but the way it came across, right, was like that. It was like, oh, no, we're the only ones that can do this. It's our thing. You know, let alone when you think not just in our small town of 14,000 people, but in the entire world, we're the only ones that can do a faith-based podcast. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) You know, but uh, yeah, and it was just one of those where you really think you don't have an issue with something and then all of a sudden it bursts through on something so 
really, if you think just like so small, mm-hmm. you know, because it was who am I to question anything God's putting on anybody else's heart, let alone even if it was verbatim what what we were doing you know what i mean like it's still it was not in my purview whatsoever to be like oh come on now you know but yeah so it took me some time and it yeah it's like i said not a high point in my life <laughs> i'd like to say i don't know what that's like but i'm fine <laughs> struggling with frustrations with people the past couple of days he's kind of trying god's trying to purse out of me and i i somebody brought brought me to a video clip and i loved this some of the best advice i've heard in a long time he said, if you're getting frustrated with people in your life, he said, I want you to envision yourself as 80 years old and you're looking back and that interaction that you're having with that individual, that friend or that loved one is the last interaction you ever had with them. Mm. So approach it differently. Yeah. And I can tell you 99% of the time I would say, yeah, I'd approach that way differently. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good advice. Hard to live by it. Oh, yeah. Good advice. Absolutely. Before we dig in, I guess I should introduce who's actually here. Oh, yeah. Carl, obviously. Schmike's here, obviously. Yeah. Hello. Other Mike's here. <laughs> Better known as Other Mike. Yes. <laughs> okay. And Mike. Other Mike. Yeah. Other Mike. Other Mike. The Mike with the uh. Yeah. I like it. I like it. There's so many Mike sounds on this podcast. It really wears me down. <laughs> so, like I said, this week, I want to start sharing. I recently went back to Philadelphia. Um, for those that might be listening in the future, it'd be August 2023 when we went. And there's some things that 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 God revealed, God did, um, and God taught through it that I think I'm so I know I'm supposed to share. Um, and it's not gonna be anything about me per se. I don't I don't want it to be me focused, it's very him focused. And anything I do share will be because I believe that there's a message that he wants to convey to all of us through it. But before we do that, for the first half of the episode, I want to do our Bible study first, actually. Um, before we dig in, we're actually going to be in first Peter chapter three, verses eight through 16 when we start and we'll do it like we do. We'll just read through slow and, and talk about Mm -hmm. what we come to, but I want to ask you guys a question. Um, hopefully you have an answer. Hopefully somebody has an answer. (laughs) <laughs> no, Micah. Uh, I was going to say, I'm betting on Micah. He has the answer. Have you ever come to a come to a place where you had an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody, and the Spirit orchestrated it so that you were able to share in a way that was based upon information that you had had learned by study or through direct re- revelation from Him? So in other mm. words, he positioned you perfectly in that moment to share the gospel in a way that it was directly in line with what he'd been teaching you. Does that make sense the way I'm working yeah. at? Okay. It does. Uh, and that's happened to me recently. Uh, the floor is yours. <laughs> Tell the story. I need this little spot right here. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've been doing a lot of reading. My wife's been gone a great deal because her mother's failing. So I've spent a lot of time in the Word. I didn't really know why I was studying what I was studying. I was just studying it. Because knowledge is what you need to go with the heart. And I felt I was lacking in that. So for the last several days, I'd been studying certain passages in the Bible. Sometimes I come to them through a, uh, a devotional. Sometimes it's I just pop it open and start reading. And uh, 
I found myself using those words when talking to somebody. Going, wow, I had no idea I was going to need this that soon. And I had it. Um, it was about testimony. Um, people always say you need to, if somebody asks you, why do you follow Jesus? You kind of need to have a, a prepared reason why you follow Jesus. And I got to thinking, what is my reason? And while working that up, I was given the opportunity to share that out of nowhere. And it just goes to show how much he prepares you, whether you know you're being prepared or not, and for what, like we talked about on the round table or the A side. <laughs> um, no, not this week. <laughs> but in the past we have, you go through trials and, and, and learning and, you gain head knowledge, but until you commit it to your heart, you don't really know what you're going to do it, use it for or with. It's just amazing to me the incredible way maker that God is, how he plans so far out in advance, because he has no concept. I mean, he has all the concepts of time, but we have no concept of true time. He's not bound by time. That's what right. I'm trying to say, exactly. And lo and behold, he knew what he was doing, as always, and I was prepared. So, yeah, the answer to your question is yes. I kind of went around the block on that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Sorry. It happens. A lot more for me than often. We ever have to make a new podcast around the block. Yeah. I like it. You're like just around the block, chasing rabbits. Just taking off. Yeah. What about you, Micah? I mean, I think when you're walking in the spirit and allowing him to guide you, he does bring things into your remembrance. And there's some things that you're studying and going through and whether that's through a devotional or whether that's through your own personal Bible study that are just for you. You know, he just has those things for you. And there's sometimes that they're meant because something's happening down the road that he wants you to share with somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all get in those discouragement moments and kind of those, why, why am I doing that? I told a friend today, it's like, I feel like I'm going nowhere fast. You know, he says like, you're moving all the time, you're running around, but you're just not really going anywhere. Like kind of like that car stuck in, stuck in the snow. Mm-hmm. The wheels are spinning fast, but you're not really going anywhere. Right. And yet God brings those things all the time into our life. You know, the topic on the round table was at all times to praise yeah. him, to look to him. The topic we're going through Philippians and we're on that verse four. At your church, I mean. Yeah, at our yeah. church, yeah. <clears throat> Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. You know, it's just along the same topic, always. And then even when I was sharing on the round table earlier, that Psalm 46 came to mind. Yeah. It's like, okay, in the midst of conflict, in the midst of, and so God reveals things and brings to our mind exactly what we need at the time we need it. And many times, it's to share because that's the design of his word is to be shared and to be expressed. I love that you mentioned too, though, because that's important. That's something he really laid on me recently because I'm so I've gotten so others focused that sometimes I neglect intimate personal time with him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's just revealing something just yes. for you. Yes. And he just he just wants that to be an intimate thing yes. between you and I. And he really like he used the analogy to, to really get it through my head the other day of like like intimacy with my wife, Stephanie, if she tells me something personal. 
I don't come here and air it out to you guys. And mm-hmm. it's no longer personal. It's not intimate. And that, that damages the relationship. You know what I mean? Sometimes I think he does that with us too. Mm-hmm. Like he just shares something to our heart from his heart to our heart. And it's not necessarily that he wants us to blare that out to everybody. Sometimes he does, right? Mm-hmm. right? Sometimes he wants us to share that because it can help somebody else. But sometimes he just wants to grow the relationship between us and him. Right. Sometimes we can, we can get so ministry focused that we lose sight of that. And it can, it can not damage our relationship with him, but, but slow the growth. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. that, if that makes, I think that's the right way to put it. Maybe. Well, it's not as meaningful, right? Not as, I mean, it's still meaningful because obviously because it came from God, but right. it's more meaningful when you go, oh yeah, the light bulb clicks and you go, that's exactly what I need. Yeah. You can, then when, then when you share it, you kind of almost water it down. Not, well, I don't mean water it down, but you almost kind of. You can depersonalize it. Yeah. Depersonalize, I guess is the proper, proper term. Yeah. Cause I found like you were talking about Carl was like when you do, you are approached by somebody or you're, you're in counsel with somebody or something like that, then that's when he brings it forward to you that you know this. And he brings that knowledge forward to where you could have, could have possibly read it once. It could have been a thousand times, you know, but he's bringing it to you right when you need it. But when you have that personal time and that time, even in the valleys, like we talked about on the round table, um, that he's bringing something to you that's when it needs to be shared. Yeah. You know, kind of that's when it needs to come into your heart. And also it'll give you conviction. It'll give you, um, cause like, I know you've talked about it a lot with this is just, this is what I needed because it's just, you know, it's, uh, I'm getting missing on the word here, but it's just a verification of what I was already. Yeah. Affirmation, confirmation, you know, all of those things of what's already, I feel like he was already putting on my heart and now it's three other people are saying it to me. So, Yeah, that's, that's him. There he is, you know, and, you know, and of course we always want, like I talk about, I want that sign that's, you know, turn here, dummy, turn here, dummy, you know, and, uh, but it's those subtle things that he'll do. And in those times, I think that that's when it's the most important that we're listening, obviously, because I feel like when you're with somebody and you're counseling or something like that, he's just flowing through you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when the flowing through is kind of what you were talking about is that's, him using you as a vessel. Whereas when you're alone, that's when he wants you to be like, this is you and me, you need this. This is why, you know what I mean? So it's just that, that, uh, like you said, that intimacy with him and how much he wants that. Cause he's going to stop you. He's going to slow you down. He's going to make it to where it's like, okay, you're making this time finally, then let's listen and let's go. Yep. Do you have, any personal example? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I had one yesterday in, in children's church of, of, uh, you know, going through the lesson of, uh, Saul and, um, you know, and them coming to get to, uh, David to anoint David, to, to anoint David and everything. And, uh, we were talking about that and of course trying to, um, uh, our our youth group leaders do an amazing job when they bring up the lessons and stuff like that of of uh, bringing it down to the kids and most time me can, <laughs> can understand it, you know. Um, and I just went a little bit more with it to try and really get in with the kids as far as think about like because like nowadays when you when you say to a kid, hey, you know, what's your idea of a king? And they're kind of like, um. 
we don't have a king or, you know, or it's now King Charles or, you know, whatever, as opposed to like when I was growing up, it's like, oh, King Arthur, Excalibur, Moriarty, you know, uh, and stuff like that. So it was trying to kind of allude to them. This is what somebody looks like that probably in that time would have been the equivalent to um, LeBron James or this soccer player that this is you know they're they're big they're athletic they're you know popular they and then they're again in their their site it's uh, look at how many fans they are look yeah. at how much money they make look at these are all status symbols of somebody that by all rights if they were choosing a king i'm sorry i put that in air quotes i know we're yeah i'm not live <laughs> or anything but um <laughs> if they were choosing a king that's who they would choose um, and it was actually a really heartwarming moment because um, I was trying to explain to him, this is who they thought they wanted to be king. This is who they want, you know, uh, they would look to for leadership. They would look for, look to for their kind of, um, you know, their beeline for God mm -hmm. at that point in time in their, in their lives, you know, not as not like now and, and how that's all separate or whatever. But um, I said, so, you know, so it would be like, who would you rather have? Mr. Mike or LeBron James trying to teach you about God. And they're like, you, Mr. Mike. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm not, okay. Oh, thank you guys. All right. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. I said, but really in the status of it, you know, when they're choosing somebody to lead this, they're going to look for somebody who doesn't look like me. They look, you know, successful or rich or all of these things, unfortunately. But this is where that's not what God's looking at. God looks inside. That's looking at your heart and what kind of heart do you have and what do you do you have a heart for him? Do you have a heart to serve and and everything like that? So it was just and so then it kicked me into, well, you remember a couple of months ago we talked about the prodigal son, right? You know, and and everything. And it was just one of those things of like, I know it wasn't me, you know, just kind of going in. It was at this point God had taken over to try and reach them at whatever level that I can't I could. You know, because of course, if it was me, I was like, well, you know, you know, Roman Reigns and, you know, I would have kicked into wrestling and all this. Yeah. And they were kind of like, uh, no, we don't know, <laughs> you know, but um, so I think it was very, very enlightening for me to now come in, you know, in tonight and, 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 and having this topic to be like, oh, yeah, that's that is that's that's exactly what happens in so many levels and so many times. And it's always, of course, and I just I feel blessed that I know it's not me. You know, and it's this is God working through me and, and using me in whatever way possible, because obviously, you know, you guys know my stories and I've never, you know, felt that. I've never felt the fact of how does, you know, God using me and stuff and to have it come to come through to see it and stuff is extra an extra blessing for me. So I think the word is yielded. I think it's it all comes down to like everything we've talked about so far is being fully yielded to him. Mm, right? yeah. And that that involves, you know being willing to obey when he when he directs you you know being prayerful and attentive taking the relationship with him seriously so you can you know when the spirit is directing you or giving you that unction you recognize it mm -hmm. and, and you do obey it and not being lazy in your faith mm -hmm. right just just expecting him to do all the work for you you know i don't have to study i don't have to i don't have to take my faith super seriously you know you'll just tell me what to say i'm not saying he won't he will tell you what to say so don't don't misunderstand what I'm, what I'm getting at, but we also need to be um, serious about our faith. He gives us the revealed text for a reason, and and we're encouraged to study to show ourselves approved for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's very important to just 
yielded implies that your whole life is given over to him. Yeah. That doesn't mean you neglect the people in your life, but he's the center of all of it. Right. Because we have to remember they're there for a reason. He put them there Absolutely. for a reason. You know, it's not a, um, so you have to honor that and, and love on that, you know, just like he called us to do. We love our wives like he loves, you know, like yeah. he loves the church and, and all of that. And, and sometimes I know that it used to, for me, seem so overwhelming of the things of that we're called to do. Cause it's like, Oh man, how do I do anything in life if that's what I'm called to do? Mm-hmm. But like you said, when you're actually yielded and you're actually walking with him and not so far behind him, you can barely see him. Yeah. You know, then you're realizing, Oh, okay. I, it, not only can I, I want to do these things. It's not a, Oh, I must. It's more of a, I get to kind of thing. I know for me. So I think that's ver- very well put Mike. I like that analogy. I do. Thank you. Get to do these things. Yeah. 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 It's another thing for me that, again, God's timing, but still makes me very frustrated with myself that how long it took me to get there. You know, but obviously he knows at any other point, I I wouldn't have been receptive and it wouldn't have been the same. No, and I I have prayed that before, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm grateful you know, actually, I was just praying that today, so it's kind of crazy to say that. And I'm like, I'm so grateful for the valley. I'm so grateful for the hardship. I'm so grateful for the chastisement, the rebuke. Um, I'm just so regretful that it took that to get me to love you like I should. Right. Um, but we can't we we can't wallow in that. Yeah. He knows that we regret it. He mm-hmm. does. But he doesn't want us to to wallow in that and 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 to remain miserable in that. Right. You know, he he loves us and he loves us past that point. Oh, yeah. He chooses to forget it and he wants us to forget it too, you yep. know, in an analogous way. You know what I mean? That that we, we don't live there. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Carl. Today I was driving down the road and I looked over and saw a hammer and UE truck. By the way, not a sponsor. Okay. Um, side, Never will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the side of the truck, though, we talk about keeping your eyes open is that energy for life. Mm. And it hit me. What a spiritual lesson this actually is. <laughs> the side of an electric truck. Yeah. I think if you're looking and want to be receptive, you can find it. Because I was just like, <sighs> energy for long, long life. I was like, yeah, that's that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you can find it if you're looking for it. Yes, if you're listening to him, and that's, that's something that, that I'm, I'm going to get into a little bit. It applies to what I want to talk about in a minute is, you know, he will speak to us through anything. Mm-hmm. If, if we're listening and we're in and we're serious when we say, I want to hear from you today, what do you want to teach me today? He'll teach you. You don't have to, you, you don't, I'm not, don't take me wrong and don't sound by this. You don't, you don't have to be staring at your Bible 24 hours a day for him to speak to you. He wants you to study this. Don't get me wrong. But he can speak to you through the mundane things too, mm-hmm. and that, that and teach you through them. That was my prayer this morning when my feet hit the floor. Yeah, and I had to run out to get cat food, <laughs> just doing daily things, mm-hmm. thinking about him as I'm driving. And I look over and there, this Satan on the side of the truck was. I was like, <laughs> "What? Yeah, there's something here I need to see." Yeah. And, and when you get those feelings and, and the hair on the back of your neck stands up, you're like, wow, God's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
usually it's ways where you don't expect like that. Mm. Well, I didn't expect oh, that. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's usually, it's usually ways that when you're in tune, and he's going to show ways that most people will look at and go, oh, there's the Amron track. No big deal. But for you, God used it to speak to you and teach you a lesson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly how he works in our lives. Yeah. We've got to be, it's not that he's not speaking, it's that we're not listening. Absolutely right. And we're not paying attention most of the time. Yeah. How many people in the world might hear this podcast and hear me say that about saying inside of an electric truck? It's going to go, there's a crazy one. Mm-hmm. I steer away from him. Yeah, and that's why I needed that that message from from Cole yesterday because there's some things that you know, I'm not going to get into it here, but there's some things that he's been laying on me to share, and honestly, my flesh has been worn against me because I'm like, I know how people look at this. I know how even believers think about this kind of stuff, and I know the stuff that'll be said. You know what I mean? That war in your flesh mm-hmm. that 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 wars against it. You know, you can get a hundred confirmations just like ah, I don't know, don't know if I should. And that was that was Cole's underlying message: is you've got to say what he tells you to say, whether anybody likes it or not. You you can't worry about what people think. Right. What they think doesn't matter. I mean, it's not that you say it to hurt people's feelings with that right. intent, but you can't you can't. You can't allow other people's opinions to cause you to be disobedient. Right. Because I was trying to think, um, uh, give me just a second. I was trying to, that one one thing he said. um, uh, Partial obedience is disobedience. Absolutely. And that uh, that hit me too. That, so I know what you're talking about because I was just like, "Wow!" Like there are things I know in my life I need to I need to kick out. That hit me like a truck. We're talking about it, it, Pastor Cole, the yeah. church local to us. But yeah, that hit me like a truck because I was obedient enough to receive the message, but I haven't been obedient enough to share it when he told me to. Mm. And yeah, it's partial obedience and it's no good. And if, if you're only partially obedient, guess what? He's going to find somebody that's going to be fully obedient to reveal it to next time. Right. You know, and so you got to be cautious about that. It's not because he doesn't love you. It's because there's something that he wants. There's, there's, there's the work that he wants done and he's going to find somebody that's willing to do it. Yeah. And if that's not, if that's not you in that season, he's going to find somebody else. And I want it to be me. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, because, and I don't mean to sound, um, you know, not, uh, egotisticals come into the, to my mind. That's not the word I'm looking for. But um, do you only want a partial blessing? Right. I, you know, I mean, do you only want the, hey, I died for your sins, but uh, not sure if you'll make it to heaven. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're like, whoa, hey, whoa, hold on a second. You know, and it's the same thing, you know, that you're doing. You're doing it to him. You know, blessings that's been on my mind a lot in my heart. I recently was revealed to me, and it's part of him changing who I am, the way I think my heart. Blessings are much, much more than just people think blessings in this country, uh, anywhere actually, it tends to be financial, Mm -hmm. and it's really not that. Nope. I mean, it can be just that. Yeah. Right. Can be. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I often think, boy, if I, if I could just come in a bunch of money, I'd do all this and that and the other. I'd like to think that's exactly what I'd do. Yeah. But he knows your heart. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm going. 
you know. And let's be real. If money was all it took to fix all our spiritual problems, the United States of America wouldn't be such a spiritual mess. Mm-hmm. Boy, because we got lots of money. We got lots yep. of money and we throw a lot of money around. And it's not, it's not fixing all the problems because nope. we're not dealing with the underlying, the true underlying issue. Yep. You, guys, you guys heard me talk about the guy in Pakistan that I'm still corresponding with him now. Mm-hmm. Not, not his brother, but he, he, his, he goes by Evangelist Sam. He sent me some videos of Christians being persecuted that he got on on mm. video in a Muslim country. They were burning down their houses, throwing out their possessions, brutalizing these men and women, children, I mean, all of it. Yeah. I've got the videos on my phone. Was, and, I, and I think we've got it so easy in this country to worship as we please but we don't share as we should because we don't want to be looked upon as the crazy one. Mm-hmm. You know, it disappoints me in myself. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. Is the fact of realizing that, realizing how people have to put their lives on the line to worship how they want to worship. And I don't have any of that. I've never had any of that persecution or anything, yet I still fail them daily. That's. I think that's. And I, I'm with you, Mike. I'm right there with you. I think that's because we worry about what others think of us. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I can I can remember friends, family talking. Well, he's a crazy Bible thumper. You know. Well, I think it was Nikki Gracious said, "I'm thankful that God made me a special kind of crazy." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that song's been in my head over and over again. It is a special kind of crazy, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know why I brought that up, but the blessing thing is just... Yeah. It's so much more than financial. It, it, it could be so simple. A simple hug from your daughter or son. Yeah. Or a text in the morning when you wake up from your, one of your kids. Hey, Dad. Thanks. I love you. Mm-hmm. Saying thanks for no- nothing I'm aware I did. Right. But just that's a blessing by itself. Mm-hmm. I think also, in addition to what you said, I think, you know, on, on top of worrying about what people think, I think another, the other problem that, that plagues us here in the Western world and it's related to it is comfort. Oh, comfort, mm. comfort lulls us to sleep. And I think we we surround ourselves with programs and, <coughs> and popularity and things to, <laughs> To convince ourselves we're awake and we're not. Yeah. And uh, sometimes persecution is a blessing because it awakens us to the fire we should have. And it it causes us to shine in the way he wants us to shine to bring others to repentance around us. We're not doing a great job of that here. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. You're okay. And there are there are persecuted communities of believers that are doing a much better job of, of keeping that fire stoked. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is because they're, they're, they're not comfortable like we are. Yeah. And should it take that? No, it shouldn't take that. But un- unfortunately it does. We, we live in a sin stained world and we have an enemy that is prowling around. There is a war going on. And, uh, you know, even in, even in, um, modern warfare, uh, Troops that are too comfortable can become very ineffectual. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I think it's the same for us. We're in a war, and when you get too comfortable, you you kind of forget you're in a war. 
mm-hmm. and your guard goes down. You don't take the battle as seriously as you probably should. Right. Um, like I say, I, th- I think the, the, the issues that, that, that plague soldiers in a war plague us as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we, we, we use the buzzwords spiritual warfare. I don't know if we really truly believe that we are in a war, though. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's sometimes it's just I phrases agree. we throw around without truly believing the full real ramifications of what that actually means at a spiritual level. There's two things I like to say to that, Carl. The other day we were talking about something with somebody and you used the word eye gate, things that you see. That you the eye, eyeball, yeah, eye gate, yeah. And the second thing was Sam in Pakistan. I was walking around my house going, boy, I really need to fix this, that, and the other. They're not big things. They're, more, they're cosmetic. Okay? I never have anybody over the house. No one's going to see it but me. Well, he showed me a photo of his family living conditions. His mother and father and brother and all. They're living in a very dimly lit place. And Pakistan's quite the hot place. No AC. Mm-mm. And a fan, limited lighting. His big concern every week is where he's going to get the food to feed these children that come to the Sunday school that he's preaching the word to. That's his main concern. Like, you know, I get jacked up if the house gets above 72 degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's your comfort thing, Carl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like Cole said before. Think about it. We have a house for our car. Exactly. He's, I mean, you know, I mean, when I saw his video of his inside home, they sleep on the floor on top of a, a pallet. It's not even a mattress. I've got, I've got, I've got a pill top on top of the pill top. I've got a memory foam. And some nights I'm like, this isn't very comfortable. I don't think it. And I, and I, and I look at the way they're living and he's praising God every single day and knowing that the father will provide. Mm-hmm. I had this feeling like he's reaching out to me to help provide. And then I realized, now it's more than that. He's he's really wanting prayer. We've talked about Micah's pet peeve is when people say, all I can do, uh, I can, at least I can do is pray. Well, that's all you can do is yeah. pray. Sure. I forget how you said it, Micah, but that made a big impact on me. Because that is our our conduit through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to our Lord, our Father in heaven. And if he wants these children fed, he'll make a way for these children to be fed. And I don't know what that way will be. I don't know if it's through me to help find people that are willing to get them clothing, shoes, whatever it might be. I don't know. But I tried to push that away here a while back. Matter of fact, you and Carl and Mike and I met, had a tea at the, I think it was the Bean. They offered up to help pay for because shipping forty pounds over there cost. Oh gosh, you guys remember what I said? It was like one hundred twenty-eight dollars to ship forty pounds of something, anything, mm-hmm. clothing, whatever it might be. And we're, we're, I mean, we're so rich in this country and don't realize how rich we are. Mm-hmm. Because if we turn around and have to pay bills, it takes away from our time to make things that are comfortable for us. Yep. If I if I if I pay this, I'm not gonna be able to go to the racetrack or I'm not gonna be able to go out to lunch after church or whatever the case may be. 
But there are people in this world that are hungry, going without clothes, that live in miserable conditions. And we are just not as sympathetic or empathetic towards their plight as we should be. That makes me wonder, are we actually showing the love of Christ? Jesus never charged anything for sermons or admission to a to him speaking. But how many organizations out there charge to get to go see something like that? Mm-hmm. How many more people can come if they didn't have to pay? I don't know why I'm going off on this tangent. I don't even know who's supposed to hear it, but maybe it's me telling myself this. I don't know. <laughs> but I guess that's, that's really all I got to say about it. We need to be more empathetic towards others. Mm-hmm and more Christ-like towards them and their needs. Right. Have a little, share what you have. Have a lot, share what you can, what you should. If you have a responsibility in both plenty and when you don't have as much. I don't know why I'm talking about it, but that's that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've actually, this is pretty awesome, we've touched on pretty much everything that Peter mentions in this passage that we're going to look at <laughs> here. So. I'm actually going to start us off in the first part of it. And it, again, it's 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'm starting in verse 8. And he says, All of you be like-minded and sympathetic. Love one another and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing since you are called for this so that you may inherit a blessing. I'm going to stop there. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. You hadn't read this ahead of time? No. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. I know I highlighted it, and I haven't highlighted it. Yeah. So a couple things. Um, I'm going to round back at the end on that phrase, love one another. That'll be part of my final thought. But I do want to look at the phrase like-minded. Um, in the Greek, it's hamaphron, and it, it means a singleness of intent or purpose. So it's not necessarily like a, a perfect agreement on every issue. You would actually offer cord, Micah mentioned the issue in Philippians where there were two two genuine believers, but they had a disagreement. Yeah. That's natural and normal. That's right. not an unusual thing exactly. for believers to be in disagreement over something. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't still have homophron, that singleness of purpose and intent. You can come together and disagree on an issue and still be of a of a like mind in the in the broader picture of things. Mm-hmm. It's just important to understand what Peter's actually telling us to be there. He's not saying that we have to be perfectly in agreement. In a perfect world, we would be, right? In a perfect world, we would know all things. We would have a perfect understanding of all truth, and we'd agree on absolutely everything. But we live in an imperfect world. So we, we, have, to, we have to understand what the bigger picture is, that, that we're here to serve Jesus. We're here to, we're here to serve the Father. And, and we're here to share that, that good news to whoever will listen, or even those who won't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, and to, 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 to be proper children of him, to love him with a, with a whole sincere heart, and to, to be teachable, to okay. allow him to teach us so that we have a greater understanding of the truth. And really the only way that you can, you can have this sort of like-mindedness is if you're, if you're really truly seeking to be in alignment with God's will. Um, and, and, and that involves a respect of his truth. Um, not trying to twist his word to justify your own fleshly aims. Uh, you know, even when you come together in disagreement, you should both have the intention to rightly divide his truth, even if you don't necessarily agree on what rightly dividing may look like in a certain area. He looks at the purity of the heart, right? So even if you don't have a perfect understanding, he's going to look at your heart's intent. 
if your heart is to twist his word to justify disobedience, he's going to see that. Mm -hmm. If your heart is to rightly understand his word, but you don't have a perfect understanding, he's going to see that too. Right. And he's going to, he's going to correct both <laughs> the, the, the bad heart. He's going to correct a little bit more harshly than the bad understanding. Mm -hmm. So just be aware of that. That it is important to maintain that purity of heart toward him and to have that, that understanding with each other. And I, you know, and I love that too. And I'm bringing that up on record, Micah, because I think it's really important what we learned there, what you mentioned from Philippians, which is what, what did Paul encourage them to do when they came together in disagreement? Get a result. And then bring somebody else with them. Yeah, mm -hmm. the Lord always. Yeah, it was that part right there. Come together. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Seek the reconciliation. Come together. Try to you know, hash it out. Talk like like big people. <laughs> right, right. Talk maturely. Don't talk at each other. Talk to each other. But he encourages them to come and rejoice in the Lord because I think there's nothing that will get your heart back in alignment with His intent like praising Him, like coming together with somebody that you don't see eye to eye with, and just being like. Let's sing hymns together. Mm -hmm. Let's sing psalms together. Let's praise him together, so we can we can we can get our our mindset back on where it needs to be, and then let's let's talk about this again after that. Yeah, it's interesting that he repeats it. It's rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, if you didn't get it, mm -hmm. I'm telling you to rejoice. Yeah, yeah have absolutely. joy. Absolutely, it's like a hello. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the other thing that i note that i took note of here was the section on blessing as well it's pretty interesting to me that you mentioned that and it's it's how peter frames this giving a blessing since you were called to this so that you may inherit in blessing you, you notice you see what he does there he say if you want to be blessed by god be a blessing to others mm -hmm. he's not saying I, you, basically what he's saying is don't approach god like i will do this for other people god if you do this for me Right. Tit for tat or no, mm -mm. absolutely not. Quo, no. A quid pro quo, yeah. Thank <laughs> I got lost there towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> he say have the right heart set toward people. If you don't have the right heart set toward people, ask him to correct your heart. Ask him to break your heart for what breaks his so you can properly love people. Then you'll want to bless those around you, and then he'll naturally bless you because of what you're doing. But he'll bless you his way. In a, in a spiritual way, it may not look like what you think. It may not look like money or prestige or promotion or position. It may, it may look completely different than that, and that's okay. We, you know, we, we should seek, really, honestly, the, what's the greatest blessing that we can have above everything else? What would you guys say? Personal, a personal relationship with yeah. Jesus. 100%. If he's growing his relationship with you, you've got all you need. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need. He's talking about the good shepherd there, not the things the good shepherd gives. But good shepherd's all we need. I think that goes back to what you were saying about our comfort and the way we try to fill our lives with entertainment. Entertainment tells you you'll be happy if you have X, Y, and Z. Normally at the top is money, power, and control. Mm -hmm. Very things that you cannot have that almost belong to God. I'll yeah, I'll read this real quick. This this is how Peter follows up here by quoting Psalm 34. He says, for the one who wants to love life and to see good days. And again, this is directly in that context of blessing. You, if you want to receive a blessing, be a blessing. He says, for the one who wants to love life and to see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. And just as an aside, that's really the overarching theme here. What do you do with the words that you speak? What do you do with your mouth? Mm -hmm. How are you using your words? You know, 
speech isn't the only behavioral issue that, that Peter has in mind, but it's the main thrust of the focus here. Continuing on, and let him turn away from evil and do what is good. Let him seek peace and pursue it, because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. And to stop there. It's really telling that he quotes that as well for this, this up-and-coming attitude within more new-age churches that God doesn't really care about our behavior. Yes, he does. Um, behavior absolutely matters to him. Let me reduce down what he said here and just sort of with ellipses paraphrase this. Let him turn away from evil because the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. Peter quotes this in a New Covenant context. Even as believers in Jesus, he's talking to believers here. He cares what you do. Mm-hmm. He, he cares about your behavior and your attitude. And if your behavior and a- your attitude is sinful, you need, to, you need to repent. You need to acknowledge that and you need to let him purge that from you. It's not, a, it's not optional. To be utilized by him in a powerful way, it's, it's mandatory. You, you can be saved, but I'm telling you, you cannot be anointed if you're holding on to sinful behaviors and stubbornly, stubbornly refusing to let them go. He will not anoint you while you're doing that. He won't. There's, there's nowhere in Scripture that teaches otherwise. He just won't do that. Carl, do you think sometimes that uh, today, or Micah, either one of y'all can answer this, people look at anointing as a Old Testament. I hate to use that. It's all God's Word, but you don't hear a lot of talk about anointing. No, you don't. And I think the people that talk about it Kind of think about it as an Old Testament thing, and they think of they think of you know uh, the story of Jesus being anointed with that very expensive uh, what was the stuff? Some sort of lotion. It was probably oil. You know, or or David, you know, being anointed. We brought up Stephen on the round table, and Stephen was anointed when they when they named him a deacon. They anointed him with oil. That's that's a very New Testament, a new covenant thing. I think there's a lot of things to get to get swept under the old covenant or the old testament rug and ignored and, and shouldn't. Were were there things that obviously, you know, I don't want to get into the weeds on theology, but obviously there were some things that that Jesus shifted or that Jesus brought from the shadows into um into a, a clear view, I guess. So, so the way we approach is obviously different now. But too often we we lump things into that category that don't belong in that category. And things like anointing is, I, I would say, is probably one of those things. I think they're they're alive. We've talked about that um, before. Like I think you and I, and I think Bob, yep. uh, we don't lay hands on anymore. Uh, funny, um, that was my very next statement was laying on of hands. Laying on of hands. I have a cousin. So last name is Alexander, wonderful guy. Um, his church practices that all the time. And he asked me about what I thought about it. And I said, I firmly believe in it. But they also pray for churches and their leaders. Churches they've never heard of, never been to, probably will never go to. And I think it goes back to what people think about people who lay hands on or anoint someone. We're that special kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. And we've got to stop that behavior. The lip service in this country is all over the world has got to stop. We have got to dig in. We've got to learn. I don't mean to get on a soapbox, but I'm partially preaching to myself. 
Go ahead and sell out, man. Give everything to Jesus. Give it all. Because you cannot give the way maker, the great giver. You just can't do it. Yeah. I think it's time to press in. I thought, word. Thank you. Press yeah, in. I think it's time to press into his presence to be very serious about our faith, to be very obedient. I I really believe, and I'm not going to get get off of you know, on, onto a tangent on that, but I think a shaking's coming. I, I think he's he's losing. I think we're nearing the end of his patience with half measures and lip service. I really do, especially in the Western world. And I do believe that a, that a shaking or a fire, a purifying fire is coming because we're not listening. We're not. He, he's been trying to whisper softly to us for a very long time. And like you've said before, Mike, it's not that he's not talking. It's that we're not hearing him. And he's going he's gonna to get louder and louder and louder and more forceful until we are listening. We see that paradigm throughout Scripture. It's like Bob always says, he's a gentleman. And he is. But he will also shake your circumstances, too. He will shake your world until you finally go, whoa, hello. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Actually, on that, I think we're going to take our break, and then we'll finish this passage in Peter and talk about the first part of what I wanted to discuss on that that trip. But for this week, we're going to play our, well, we we always do our featured song. This week, we're going to play a song from Josh Ripp called See the Light. Again, we will be back. On the other side, man, I don't even know. Like, I had it all like l- locked down. How I do this, how I say things. We took like three weeks off. Now I don't even remember what I'm doing. <laughs> we're, we're playing a song, guys. We're, we're playing yes. a song right now because we need a break. We need to fill up our coffee cups. See the light by Josh Rip. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> inside my mind I keep my head above the water till I see the Love was be increasing in us. 
bills be decreasing Renegade this happy seething I just wanna live for me And this happy barely breathing Drowning I was deceived in Blind to see I need him In the dark for most of my life But that choice was mostly mine I can finally see the light And I thank the most divine For opening my eyes And restoring hope to my Life is finally bright Now I'm showing you the right Type of life you need to live We were made to serve and give Repent of all our sins So we can finally live in his How you win? I feel my eyes are closing And still be climbing the wrong ladder That explain why I'm always feeling alone after It's God written but I'm still stuck in the old chapters Cause I see the light but for some reason I keep going backwards I can't expect to be gifted with all the wrong intentions Just cause I got deliverance don't mean that I won't be tempted How can I defeat serpents if I ain't got no vision I can't procrastinate the purpose if I know the mission Even when I fall in deception I seek his face And even when ignoring correction I see the grace And even when I run out of breath I'm still on pace Cause even when I'm losing my step I'm still in the race I don't always be in my best when I fight the sin But all I do is get out my flesh and I got the win Every time I'm in obedience the sight is on 10 Now I see the light again cause I got the light within I'm forgiven back again that was see the light by josh rip um fortunately mike not the other mike i guess he's the other mike now now that he's gone he can now be he's gone. Gone. yeah he had to leave which makes Our me super mike. sad but so we left off first peter chapter 3 verse 13 i want to read that it says who then will harm you if you are devoted to what is good but even if you should suffer for righteousness you are blessed do not fear them or be intimidated, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy. What do you think he means by that? Any thoughts on it? I think you have to regard him as holy. If you don't regard him as holy, then you're not going to know what true living for him means. <laughs> yeah. I mean, otherwise we do come up with, like you were talking about earlier, these suggestions of how we live, you know, or these promises that we may or may not fulfill depending on how we feel or how we act about it but to look at him as holy he's set apart and he says be ye holy for i am holy and then so that's the motivation that's the drive and how we live our lives because <clears throat> i don't think we can live the way that he's talking about living in this passage without understanding how he's holy yeah i agree I would agree with that i think I think in this country or everywhere, actually, we've lost some of the reverence for yeah. His holiness. Oh, I agree. You know, we just talked about that in our Bible study last night. Really? Yeah, we were talking about missing the awe, the yes. awe, oh, the reverence yeah. of the of the 
we're not awed by God or what he does anymore. It seems like, it seems like we just kind of expect it, expect it, but take it callously or flippantly or it just, we always look for a solution. You know, we're not really awed by, by who he is and what he does anymore. I've seen I've seen where it leads when somebody's presented with the power of God and the response is I'm not in all of it. Mm. I've seen where that leads and it's not a good place. We've we've got to maintain a a, a posture of awestruck yes. by him. Yes. We really do. It's so important. I think what I hundred percent agree with you. Where my mind went with this were it's in the context of persecution. Mm. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. And and that's where he he lays that in the context there of keeping keeping christ holy in your heart you know holy means set apart for me like the first thing that came to mind give him first place in all things it's really the first thing that came to mind make him your first love and everything he's the center of all of it everything he's first place otherwise you're not gonna you're not gonna have a proper understanding of why these difficulties are coming or why these persecutions are necessary and you're gonna spiral like we've talked about before you can spiral if you don't if you don't have that posture of praise toward him always and giving him first in your life always when when those darts get through, when those fiery darts are are leveled at you, you're, you're going to slump over. It's going to be a lot harder to stand strong if he's not your first place standing right by your side. He's got to be your victor. He's got to be your champion. He's got to be the one fighting the battle with you and for you. That's right. The first one you cry out to. Absolutely. And not just when you're in trouble. No, exactly. Right. Exactly. That's... Yeah. Why I thought about the idea of praise for the, our last episode on the, for this for you, Ryan, roundtable. And uh, it's almost like we want to put God under glass, put a little hammer next to it. Mm. And man, things are great. Yeah. He's under glass, the hammer's still hanging there. But when things go wrong, what do we want to do? We want to take the hammer, break glass, let God out. Yeah, break open in case of emergency. Only. Yeah. You know? So, and that's kind of how we praise him. Things are only going well. That's just something that's been laid on me here lately, and I've really thought a lot about, meditated on. <clears throat> He's not an acronym. He's there to be used as your spiritual rock every single day of your life regardless of what you're doing. Yeah, and I would say, and I know it's not how you mean it, but I would say he's not there to be used. He, he's he's, used he's to be word. dependent upon. Dependent upon. That's what I think that's what he's trying to teach us is, is dependence. It's, it's dependence so. upon him in all in all things. I knew what you meant, but I wanted to make sure nobody else tries to misuse that. Misuse that. Because he's, he's that's, that's something that's kind of a pet peeve of mine is when somebody says, well, I tried Jesus. Well, there's your problem right there. Tried. You tried Jesus. You treated him like a pill to solve your problems. Yep. And when he didn't move on your behalf because you were mis, uh, you 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 didn't have a proper understanding of who he truly is, uh, then you want to blame him for not moving. Uh, you can't do that. He's you know we we talk about a genie in a bottle all the time, and and it's absolutely true. He is not your genie in a bottle to grant you wishes. That's, that's not what he does. That's a very pagan ideal. That's not God. He's above those things and beyond those things. And he he's your sovereign. And in good times and and bad. He's your sovereign. And if you're not fully yielded, then you're not all his. It's cold hard truth. That thought scares me sometimes. And that's the difference between a 
religion and a relationship. Because we shouldn't believe in religion. We should believe in a relationship. Yeah. Religion is all about doing. Checking the boxes, say a prayer, do my devotions. But a relationship says I do those things because I want a desire to learn more about who he is and who the father is. You know, Ronnie talks about that all the time. If he's he has things he does every day for God. If he misses it for whatever reason, work, family, whatever it might be, he has a big hole. And that's the relationship you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, my thing is I pray every night. Oh, I pray all day, but every night when I go to bed and lie down, it's quiet, and I spend a great, great deal of time praying right then. And if I don't do that every single night, I don't sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying God's caused me not to sleep, but there's an unrest in me because I want him to know that he is my number one. I just, it's, I, I just think you become what you, what you practice. That's all I'm trying to say. I also think that that religion versus relationship paradigm is why, although the word is the proper rendering, um, the way the word law is treated in English is so detrimental. It, it, it's the right translation, don't get me wrong, but the way we think of law now sends the wrong idea. It, it conveys the wrong idea about what his instructions actually are. It, it's 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 much better to understand his instructions as marriage vows we, for we, one party to the other. Yeah. Make sure you like the speed limit sign. Mm-hmm. The speed limit is 70 miles an hour, but we all probably do this. Well, they'll give me five. They'll mm-hmm. give me 10. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I go 10, then, you know, we always, we always push the limits and mm-hmm. we do that with God. His word says, this is the limit. This is what, this is what it is. But it's more of a suggestion. You know, if I, yeah. if I stray a little bit from it, it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal because he's holy. Yep, absolutely. And if you understand it as marriage vows, then you'll have a better yes. understanding of that because you would never, if you had a, if you really loved your wife, you'd never say, I'll just cheat on her a little. Right. I'll just cheat a little bit. Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. It, it, you, you would never do that because you'd understand that it's not, it, yeah. it, it's not a limit that can be pushed. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? You're either, you're either in alignment with the marriage vow because you love your, your spouse or you're not. Right. There is no, there's no gray. Right. You know, there's no wiggle room there. Yeah. It's just you either love them or you don't. And that's really the, the, the right attitude yes. about his instructions. And that's the, you know, you only have that right attitude if you have a relationship mindset over a religious mindset. That's why I brought that up. Absolutely. I view it as not wanting to disappoint my father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you love him. Right. You don't want to make him sad. I mean, I'm sure he gets sad. He says to, he says to Ezekiel that when they rebel against him, it hurts his heart. And the word there in Hebrew is crush. It crushes his heart. He says that. So absolutely, it makes him sad. So I don't want to do that. It's not something I want to do. That's all throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. Grieving him, hurting, yeah. hurting him. Yeah, that's just one example. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, he. that's why over and over and over again, he, he equates idol worship to 
pouring ourselves out. That's a yeah. that's a that's a harsh term, and that's a term that we don't often like to hear because it's vulgar. Well, it's kind of it's kind of vulgar, but that that's exactly how he references it. Yeah, when and we, he doesn't when, soften it exactly. When we when we worship idols, we're literally whoring ourselves out to other things. Yeah, and yeah. he defines idolatry as anything you put in place of yeah. him. It doesn't have exactly. to be some statue yes. of some great god or goddess that you're bound down to. dollar bill, it could be it could be your car, it could be anything. He told Saul, King Saul, that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and idolatry. That's what he told him. Rebelling against against his word and disrespecting those boundaries is to him no different than witchcraft and idolatry. So we've got to be very cautious about that. You know, I'm not saying he's like waiting over us with a hammer. We need to, you know, yes. we need to have that balance in, in, in approach also. Like he, 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 work, he, he loves us and he works us through it, but we do have to have a heart that's willing to be, um, I don't, I don't know how to say it. Sensitive to him. Yes. Yeah. Sensitive to his leading. Absolutely. Sensitive to his promptings. Yeah. And it, you know, it it starts with a with a willingness to love them. Even even if you need to pray, teach me how to love you, because mm -hmm. I don't know how and I don't feel it. If you have that willingness and you're like, I want to love you so bad, teach me how. He will. I'm 100 convinced he will answer that prayer. He will answer that compare that prayer if it's it's from a sincere heart. Um, but it's got to start with the willingness too. Some individuals never had it like Saul. I think he tells King Saul that because he didn't have a willingness to love God. He was using God. He was using God for his own aims and for his own ends. Plus, he saw sought out a medium. Yeah, so he would know what witchcraft. I mean, yeah. But I mean, he wouldn't. He would perfectly understand that very well because that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and so, absolutely. God removed him too. Yeah, mm -hmm. he did. There's a lesson in that. Yeah, there are limits. Okay, and he follows up. Okay. Returning back to our passage in Peter, he follows up in verse 15, be ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. I'm going to pause right there. The word defense there is apologia. And in Greek, it's actually a legal term. And it, it carries, it's the conveyance of like a, uh, an attorney presenting evidence in court. And that's what he's talking about there. When, he, when, when Peter's talking about gospel sharing, He's saying, "Be ready, just like like a, like a lawyer would be ready to prevent to, to present facts and evidence, and that's based upon study, knowledge, understanding. You're you're you're. That's what I meant when I say we can't be lazy with our faith. We've got to be fully yielded and, and willing to study things out. Because he's saying, treat this like a lawyer would treat this if they were presenting a case in court, and that so that anybody who asks you a question, you hopefully you have an answer that you can give them." Yes. At the very least, you know somebody who does have the answer. I think that's partly why that two-by-two two paradigm is so important, because what I know isn't necessarily going to be what you know, Mike, or what you know, Micah, vice versa, you know, but but we can together complete our knowledge and have a, have a right response to whoever might ask us. But Peter is saying, be serious about this, though. Be serious about this. And the answer cannot be, it's the way we've always done it. <laughs> yes. That's well, that's, be the answer. That's no. one of my pet peeves. Well, that's just what we've that's that's just what we've always done. It's lazy. That's not that's not a good it's not a good answer. No, it's not. You've got to have. That's not the right answer. No, no, <laughs> it's not. 
because the way we've always done it isn't always right. (laughs) There's exactly that. Yeah. We've got to be teachable. We've got to be willing to admit that we might, we might have some things wrong. That that attitude that how could so many godly men have been wrong? I don't know. Right. I don't know. I just know what the Bible says and I'm going to follow what the Bible says, even if centuries of godly men got it wrong because there was a point in Israel's history where centuries worth of quote unquote godly men had gotten it wrong. Mm-hmm. And there were very few true prophets that were telling the truth and the clouds of false prophets were coming against them and the, them and the people were coming against them too. Um, majority doesn't make right. You, you know, we've, we've, we again, sensitivity, we've got to be sensitive to his leading and to his teaching. And as Peter's encouraging us here through the inspiration of the spirit, be serious about your faith, study it out. Like you said, Micah, don't just don't just believe what you believe because somebody told you to. Yeah. Test it. Test it. And be ready to give a response to somebody else that might direct them on the path to life. Because that should be the goal. Exactly. It's, you know, and that's that's I want to say that as an aside. I hadn't planned to, but this isn't you're not studying studying these things out and being ready to give a response so you can prove how knowledgeable you are. Right. That's not the goal. The goal is always because the person in front of you is lost. And you should have a heart that desperately wants them to be found. And you want to make sure that you do everything you can on your end to have a response for them that might spark that, that might spark them to seek, that might lead them to the light. That's, that's, that's how, does he need us to do that? No, but he wants us to participate in that. That's our calling. That's the great commission. He's allowing us to participate with him in sharing the gospel to others. Yep. And that's a beautiful thing. It is. It is. It's an honor. But then, it really is. It is. Then he follows up with this, and then we'll stop with Peter here. It says, verse 16, yet do this with gentleness and reverence. That's important, too. When it comes to sharing the gospel, what we share matters, but the way we share it matters, too. Yes. Sometimes the way we share it matters the most. Right? No, I wouldn't say that. It's equal. Yeah, it's, it's 50-50. What you share absolutely matters. It can't be a half gospel. It can't be a watered-down gospel. But if you're sharing it with harshness and with a lack of love, you're never going to lead somebody to a saving knowledge of the truth like that. You're going you're gonna to push people away. You're going to build up, build walls like that. You're not going to build bridges. You're going to build walls with a harshness of tone. It's it, The way matters, which is why your heart needs to be addressed first before you ever try to before you ever try to lead somebody to Christ. You need to make sure that your heart is yielded to him and softened yes. and sensitive and loving, because that matters a lot. That's why First Corinthians tells us, without love, all we do is make a bunch of noise. <laughs> yeah. We're sounding brass and tinkling cymbals, and we're making a bunch of noise, but we're not doing any progress. Yeah. Bringing attention to yeah. ourselves. Because we don't have love. Yeah. Absolutely right. And that's too often, too often, I think, if we're being honest, um, if we're not yielded, our goal is selfish. Yeah. And the loud people get the attention. Mm-hmm. They get the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. They may not deserve it or be right. Yeah, absolutely. So again, um, not the whole purpose of this. This is what he laid on my heart um, for sharing this week. Like I said, I want to share some things that he revealed during this this most recent trip to Philadelphia, um, August 2023 trip. But I don't want to do it in a single episode because I'd have to cram everything in. And I, I really want to give him space. I know this episode's going long. And 
I don't care <laughs> to be honest. Like I, I try to keep it in a, in a time constraint, but at the same time, I want to give him space to move, but I don't want to, I don't want to cram everything down. The good thing about podcasts is if you have to go, folks, there's a pause button. Please come back. Very true. Very true. Um, we were there for three days. So the way I'm going to share this is um, I'm going to take this week and the next two weeks to, to each week. We'll talk about one of the days we were there because there are certain things that happened each day that I want to share. And what was really fascinating to me was when we got on the other side of it, um, I was looking back, I was meditating, I was praying, and every day had a theme. It was, it was wild. It was, it was really awesome, actually. Like every day had a unique theme that he, he pressed early on in the day and it would just everything that happened through the day fit directly into that theme. Um, and that's, that's something too, when, when he calls you to do something like this, be sensitive to what he has for you. Don't be so focused on sharing with others that you miss what he has for you because very often he's going to be preaching to you. I think you've talked about experiencing that, Michael, when you're given sermons, very often you find yourself preaching to yourself Absolutely. and you, you find that you're saying things out loud that the spirit's breathing into. And you're like, Oh man, I, I needed that. Yeah. And that's very much how this how this trip was. It was stuff that I needed. And in hindsight, after I prayed about it, I'm really evaluated and processed everything. There were some things that needed to be shared um, for the benefit of others, too. I'm not going to share absolutely everything that happened, um, just the things that I think are, are meaningful for somebody listening. And I want to make sure that I make very clear it's not about me. I did nothing. All I did was say yes when he said go. A willing vessel. Yeah, I was, I was attentive. Everything that happened happened because of him. And he could have used a tomato to do what he had me do in Philadelphia. I'm not special. Um, but I want to bring attention to him because I think it is important for reasons that I'll get into um, toward the tail end of, of sharing all this in, in weeks four or five. Because there's some things that, that he brought together that I want to share um, all inclusively. But like I say, for these first three weeks, I want to look at each day individually. And the reason we were looking at this passage from Peter is when I looked back, the first day we there we were there was a Friday, and the theme for that day was be ready always to give a right response to whoever asks you. And when I think of a right response, I think of uh, two ways that can be. It can be based upon study that you've done. So you take the time to study scripture, right? And somebody asks you a question, and then he just brings to your remembrance, oh, I studied that. Like we, we talked about those examples, and then you just give that 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 response. Other times it could be something that he just reveals to you in a more miraculous way. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're praying or something and he just breathes something into your spirit and like, well, I don't know where that came from, but now I know it. And then later he, he brings you to somebody you need to share that with. Right. I think those are the two ways that, so I, I don't know how to word that, I guess, st study based sharing or revelation based sharing. Uh, sometimes they can intertwine to some gray, I think experienced two interactions that Friday for each of those. Looking back, it was so cool. So when we got there Friday, like I say, it was the first day there. And uh, we knew we were going to be there all weekend. And we were really just planning on kind of walking around. Because just for uh, some background, we were in Philadelphia. We were in a place called Kensington, which is a, an area of Philadelphia named after you see that the streets named after the area or the area, the streets named after the area, the areas named after the street. I'm not sure. We're on a place called Kensington Avenue there. Um, specifically where we were is a place where Allegheny Avenue meets Kensington, Kensington Avenue. It's horrible. Um, just, uh, there's lots of homelessness. Uh, it's a center for the drug trade there. Um, 
Center for some human trafficking as well. I didn't see it this time, but I really wasn't looking. There was a missing person's wall last time we were there. Uh, a lot of gang activity. There's drug dealers everywhere. Um, cash transfers for drugs right out in the open. Um, injections of, of drugs right out in the open, specifically heroin. Right now, uh, it's a little bit worse than it was before because they're mixing fentanyl with the heroin. But now they're mixing uh, a horse tranquilizer that they just call Trank. And it massively increases the potency of the heroin. And I'll get into that next week a little bit more, but it, it's made it a lot worse. Uh, just on top of that, there's just, I mean, feces everywhere. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Honestly, I've, I've seen bad, bad places. It's, it's about as worse as it gets, um, or about as bad as it gets. So we really wanted to go there Friday just to sort of, um, get used to that environment again, I guess, kind of walk around so that we're not, it's shocking. You know what I mean? Orientated so, to it. Yes, that's exactly right. That was our goal. Anyway, we figured we'd just walk around, maybe pray with a couple of people and that'd be it just to get reoriented. And then we'd come back that Saturday and then we'd get serious, right? That's what we thought anyway. Um, but God started moving right away and he was bringing so many people to us and, uh, just, just causing us to pray with so many, we prayed with so many people that day and it was so beautiful, but there were a couple interactions in particular. And the first I want to talk about is that, that first response, that study-based response. So we're walking down the street and it's Will and I, and Chris was there with us that day. And, uh, we're just praying with whoever we feel led to right? Um, being sensitive to the spirit. If he says, Hey, talk to that person. That's what we were doing. And there was a guy that came up and I, I, I felt that I'm like, you need to pray with him. So I did. His name was Tony. I'm like, Hey man, can I, can I pray with you? Is there something I can pray about with you? And he said, what most of them say, Oh, you know, I want freedom from this addiction. Most of them are in an addiction of some kind. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. People look down on him so much, but man, if some of you listen, if you, if you knew what some of these people had gone through in their past and what it is they're trying to, to block out, you probably have a little bit more pity and compassion for what they're going through. Um, but anyway, I don't, I, don't, I don't dig into their past or anything like that unless they open up about it. I don't ask questions. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's pray. So we start praying together. And I don't, I don't really honestly even remember saying it. Normally when I pray, I don't use terms that, that somebody's not going to understand. Um, I, tr I try to pray in a way, if I'm praying with somebody else, I try to pray in a way that obviously they understand what I'm saying, you know? Um, so like normally I would say, normally I pray in the name Yeshua normally, but if somebody doesn't know him as Yeshua, if they know him as Jesus, Jesus is perfectly fine. It's, it's just a translation of the name. So I'll, I'll pray that. Usually I don't use Hebrew words or anything like that, but I guess at some point I had used the word Shalom. Um, I guess I prayed for God's shalom to be in his heart. I think he's the only one that I prayed that with, and I really don't even remember saying it with him. But I had my eyes closed. And normally, like I told myself, you know, it's like, you know I think I even told you guys, that's a place you don't pray with your, you pray with your eyes open. And, you know, he didn't let me leave my eyes open one time when I was down there. I think a lot of it was, was, was teaching me to trust him. You know, um, if he's going to protect me, he's going to protect me whether my eyes are closed or not realistically. So I just, I, I, I closed my eyes with them and I really just prayed with them in the moment, laid hands on them. And but anyway, I opened my eyes up. When I started praying, it was just him. I opened my eyes and his wife standing next to him. I think her name was Tanya. And she's standing there and she's just like staring at me real attentively. 
And something told me like, you need to talk to her. And I, I turned to her and I said, hi, how are you? And she goes, can I ask you a question? Like right away. She was like real serious. Like, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. She like, what does shalom mean? For some reason, she was listening to that prayer and she really keyed in on that word shalom. It's like, what does shalom mean? And I answered. I'm like, you know, well, it, it translates as peace usually, but at a deeper level, and this is where I come to based upon study. I'd studied this out before. So I knew, I knew like he gave me the remembrance of, of what I had already studied in the past. And I'm like, at a deeper level, it really means wholeness. It, it's not just peace. It's so much richer and so much deeper than that. It's really a, a, a wholeness of person. And I use that to connect to Jesus. I'm like, you know, so um, God created us to be a whole person. But when we were separated from him by our sin, it's like there's a chunk of us missing. There's a chunk of us missing that only he can complete. So to be completed and be, to, me, to be made whole, to truly have his shalom, we have to be completed by him. And the only way to do that is through Jesus. Jesus came so that we can have that completion again, so that we can have that right relationship with him, be in right standing with him and be made whole by him. And I explained that and she just, I looked at her, I, I guess I glanced away when I was talking about it and I glanced back and tears are just welling up in her eyes. And she's just breaking down and she's like, I want that. I want that. And I'm like, I think uh, we need to pray together, don't we? So I prayed with her and uh, man, it was so beautiful. And if I hadn't taken my faith seriously and studied those things out, I wouldn't have had a good response for. Never even would have said that word, probably. But I did. And it it was so powerful. And I, was, I just remember, like, after we prayed together, just watching them walk away. Like, I couldn't take my eyes off of them when they were walking away. And just even, even surrounded by the madness and the darkness, there was a light. You know what I mean? Like, like... They were walking away and they just, as they're walking away, they look at each other and like their, their countenance was different. You know what I mean? Like, and they, they kind of held each other while they're walking away. And it just, it was like a picture of hope. It was like they walked up without hope. And it's like they walked away with some, and it was, it was beautiful. That's like how we started our experience there was with them. It was so encouraging, which is just amazing to be in that environment, that dark, demonic, evil environment. And little islands of his light like that was just man incredible it's so incredible and that's why it's important number one to take your faith seriously and to be well studied because he will use your study to give a right response to somebody that asks because that's what she was doing she was asking for for uh, uh, an answer for the hope that's in me right specifically based upon that word and he, uh, he allowed me to, to be useful in connecting that Hebrew idea to the fullness of Jesus and why it is we need him so much um, and why, why it is, how it is he loves us, right? The second one, if you guys have any thoughts, have any questions or anything like that, you can stop me. I was sitting there thinking, I wish I could have saw that. The image, like, there's certain images that you just never get out of your head. And the image of her with the tears welling up, I can't, I can't get that out of my head. And the image of them walking away, it was like just in, I don't even know if it was real, if it, I don't know if it was like that in the moment, but when I remember it, I can't remember it without seeing a light around them. It's weird. Like I can't picture them walking away without the image of them being bathed in light. And I'm not sure if that's how it was in the moment, but that's the only way I can remember it. 
You know what I mean? It's it's kind of weird. The light of God is love. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Second is when he gives you some sort of knowledge or understanding. Um, I don't think so much knowledge. Usually it's like a revelation of how the knowledge applies or how to convey the knowledge in a way that doesn't really come from you. It's just spirit breathed. And for that, I have to go back a week. So, so exactly one week before we went so or from that day, so the Friday before, and I'll get into the, the whole story on another episode, but that night, we experienced a pretty serious spiritual attack. There, there was a, there was a lot of warfare going on for me, for Will, um, for a couple of the other guys leading up to it. It was very clear that there was, there was a battle going on of something trying to stop us. And obviously God allows that to, to test us, to sharpen us, to see where our, where our commitment is, where our trust is, where our dependency is. But in the midst of all that, so Steph's watching a baseball game, which is not unusual. When it's baseball season, she torments me, torments me with baseball games. Ugh. She's not a Yankees fan, I take it. She watches Yankees games, and I just, yeah, I guess I'm a fan. I just don't like watching baseball. I just, I don't. It's okay, I guess. It's kind of grown on me, but maybe that's Stockholm Syndrome. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyway, she's watching a baseball game. But again, not, not super unusual. And it's like... It's such a mundane thing. Like you were talking about, Mike, like just looking over at an Amarin truck and him speaking to you through it. And that's sort of what happened. What was weird, though, nothing happened in the game that should have precipitated this. It was just something that like flooded. And I, I don't know how to describe it other than this. Like it's like imagery was downloaded. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't know another another term for it that makes sense. It's just like it just popped in. But I'm thinking about baseball and I'm thinking about how it connects to Jesus. And specifically, well, I actually I'll get into it. So I want to I want to fast forward first. But so he downloads this analogy to me. This it's like a parable or something like that. And in the moment, I just knew. I even told Steph, I'm like Steph, this just came into my head, my heart, and I I know I can just feel there's a reason for it. And we talked about. It, she's like, I think there's somebody there that you're supposed to share this with, like really do. And I'm like, yeah, I think so too. So I kind of held that in my heart. You know what I mean? Like I just, have you had that happen, Michael, where he just, he, he breathes sure. something in and you have that sense. I know, I know there's somebody that needs this. I just don't know who. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. It was just that overwhelming sensation. I knew it. And there were some confirmations in addition to that, that he made it clear, like within an hour span, man, he hammered it home. Remember this, take this seriously. So fast forward to that Friday, we're actually leaving. So we, uh, before we left, we'd walked down the street and there was this guy sitting in a folding chair asleep, an older gentleman, homeless, and he was slumped over asleep. And uh, you can kind of tell when it's drug induced and when it's just sleep, he was just sleeping. So we left a Bible beside him, left him a bottle of water, didn't want to bother him. It's not really wise to like wake somebody up in that environment, um, especially if it's a drug induced thing. But it's, and you never know and you never know if they're going to come up with a knife. There's a lot of violence down there, too. But we leave a Bible and we we head on the direction we were going. When we come back, we're going back to the car. So we're getting ready to leave. And we come to the area where he was and he's not there. But the Bible's not there either. I'm like, that's awesome. He took it. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully he took it for the right reasons and he's not using the papers to roll anything. Because <laughs> you never know that either. But uh, that's why it's good to have Bibles with really thin pages they can't use that for. But uh, so the Bible's gone. and uh, But we keep walking and then we find him again. So he woke woken up at some point. He just shifted. It was raining that day. And uh, on Kensington, 
there's a there's a metro line right above the street. So like not a subway, obviously, because it's above, but it's like a metro up above. It's it's like a tunnel. It's it's super like on top of the the darkness of the area and the the drugs and the demonism. It's just you feel like you're in a tunnel. It's very restrictive. I, I think I've talked about that before. It's just a very it's a domineering environment, which I didn't feel that as much this time. But I think it's because my relationship with him is so much better than it was the first time I went, you know, or maybe he just had something different to teach me this time. Anyway, he had found a place where he was under this metro line, so he wasn't getting wet. And Will felt compelled to go talk to him. Can't remember what I was doing. I think I was talking to somebody else. So I didn't I didn't catch the first part of this conversation, but I know that Will had found him and they were talking. They weren't praying or anything, but the spirit made a very like 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 made me restless with the need to go over and join the conversation. So I did. And I'm not really talking, but just listening back and forth. And this guy's really kind of sharing with Will. Um, in his experience, because he's been down there for a while, why a lot of people are there. Now, obviously, there's a lot of uh, trauma. Um, I would say, I would say a super high percentage of them have a history of some sort of sexual abuse, um, molestation, or, or rape, or something like that that they've experienced in their past. That they're trying to block out. Excuse me, sorry. Um, and he said a lot of mental illness, like uh, specifically social disorders, where they they struggle being around other people. So they can't hold down jobs and they end up there, whether they're veterans or, or, or whatever's caused it, whether it's a trauma that's caused it, something's caused them to have problems being around other people. They struggle with it. And I think he, he was sharing that he has that he, he really struggles being around other people. Didn't really get into details. Why there's, he hinted that there's some sort of trauma. Obviously I'm not going to press that. Um, if he doesn't want to talk about it, I'm just sort of listening. And, uh, at some point I asked toward the end, cause we're getting toward the end of the conversation but I can feel it was really weird. I didn't know his name, but I could feel his name was John. Like I could just say, this is John. And sure enough, I'm listening to the conversation. His name was John. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm paying attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then he just brought that in out. Like it was weird because I was, since it was a baseball thing, Steph and I were almost convinced. I'm like, I'm going to find somebody down there with a Phillies hat on. And that's the one I was supposed to share it with. So I was really looking for that. Well, he didn't have anything like that. But the spirit laid heavy on me. Like he brought that that whole experience the previous Friday to mind. It's like, this is the one. Him. Now. Tell him. Like I like it was very strong and very clear. And I asked him, when we're getting ready to walk away, I'm like, what do you know about Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And he got really hostile. I mean, really hostile. It's like, I don't know, and I don't care, and I don't want to know. And he just like, like very hostile, like almost in your face hostile, right? Um, not violent, like I wasn't afraid or anything like that. I wouldn't have been anyway, but he was very, very angry about it. And I just listened. I didn't, I didn't react. I just, I listened to him. I heard him out. I was patient and kind. And I waited till he was finished. And I said, I understand how you feel. I have empathy for how you feel. But can I share something with you before I go um, just to think about, and then I'll leave you alone. And it was weird. It's like immediately he softened. And there was really no explanation. He's like, he hung his head and he's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have reacted like that. I'll, I'll listen. And like I say, I've never seen somebody go from that hostile to that soft that quick. And then I shared this analogy. I said, do you watch baseball? Are you a baseball fan? He's like, oh, yeah, I like baseball. And I'm like, have you ever seen it where, you know, an umpire is making calls behind the batter and the batter doesn't like it, even when the calls are right. 
box is showing the calls are right, but the batter's really mad. He's not getting he's not getting the 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 ball calls that he likes, getting strike calls he disagrees with. He starts chirping, and his behavior starts to deteriorate, and starts mistreating the umpire for doing his job. He's like, yeah, I've seen that. I'm like, have you ever seen the umpire kick a batter out for doing that? He's like, yeah, I've absolutely seen that. I'm like, well, let me ask you this: Have you ever seen it where? The batter's on the verge of getting kicked out of the game because his behavior is so terrible. And the manager recognizes it, and the manager doesn't want his batter to get kicked out of the game. So the manager runs out onto the field, and he puts himself between the umpire and the batter. And then he starts chirping at the umpire to deflect his attention onto him. So he brings the umpire's attention fully onto him, and then he gets himself ejected from the game so that the batter can stay in the game. He's like, yeah, I've seen that. So that's what Jesus does for you. The umpire represents your sin. The umpire represents your past trauma. The umpire represents your hurt. The umpire represents everything that's keeping you separated from God, everything that's keeping you away from him. And Jesus loves you so much and so badly wants you to be in the game with him that he's willing to put himself between you and the umpire and bring all that hurt and all that shame and all that guilt onto himself to get him ejected from the game so that you can stay in. And it's like, I just, his face, everything changed. And he was like, wow, I've, um, I've never heard it explained that way before. You just gave me a lot to think about. Everything changed for him. He went from, within a two-minute span, he went from total hostility, I don't care, I don't want to hear about Jesus, I hate the idea of it, don't want to hear a word about it, to, oh, that's what he does. Um, I'm going to really think about that. So much so that, like, he, like, we, we walked away and he came back, like, ran down the street back to us and, like, was thankful and kept the Bible and everything. It was incredible. And it was all because of that, that revelation that the Spirit had given me a week before and then caused me to remember it right then and there from some guy that I just felt compelled to leave a Bible to that was asleep on the side of the street. And that's what Peter's talking about in this passage. He's talking about being ready always. Like you said, Micah, and I love that, being sensitive, being serious about our faith, being studious with our faith, but also being sensitive to what the Spirit's saying. Because if I hadn't been sensitive and I hadn't been listening and I hadn't been prayerful about things, I wouldn't have heard what he was telling me. And I certainly wouldn't have heard the unction when he told me to go tell that guy that, that analogy or that parable, whatever you want to call it. And I maybe wouldn't have obeyed it even if I, I had been. You've, you've got to be yielded. That's what Peter's talking about here. That's the goal. Um, and it matters. If, if we truly want to bring people to the same hope that we have, rather than selfishly holding on to it and not sharing it for anybody else, this is the goal. And it doesn't have to be in a place like Kensington. It can be with your neighbor. That's the lesson. It can be with your neighbor. It should be with your neighbor. Or the guy at Walmart. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that was all I wanted to share this week. Next week, I'll have something different for Saturday. Saturday's where it gets rougher. <laughs> it gets more intense. But you guys got any final thoughts? Let's pull the needle on it. Well, for me, I think it's all about being open and aware and authentic. People hate lip service because they can see right through it. One thing you can't see through is God's honesty, His light, 
his heart, his love. These are all things that are true and need to be shared. People people will, just like that guy about the baseball, he reacted to it because you made it, you put it to his eye levels, Ron likes to say. Mm-hmm. He, he clamped onto it. You gave him an understanding that maybe other godly people haven't been able to find a way to him, but you found a way to him because you were obedient. Yep. So, so I guess that's my final thought. Be obedient to the, to the, to the spirit. And know that anybody can do that because that's why I wanted to share that too. Cause it's not a, like, that was, that was the spirit, man. That was not me. Like all, all I did was just take the information he gave me and conveyed it. And the spirit did all the work. It was amazing to watch. I'm grateful that I was allowed to witness it, but anybody listening to this can do the same thing. If you yield to him, I'm not special. Don't be afraid. Fear is such a huge deterrent, I think, to, excuse me, to Christians in their walk. I agree. The, the judgment that others will put on you because you're obeying, and to the rest of the world, you look like you're crazy. I don't care anymore. Maybe... Maybe. And everybody, everybody reacts differently to the gospel. He wasn't going to hear a gospel message. No. But he'd hear a story about baseball. If I had quoted scripture, he would have shut yes, me down, I guarantee exactly. it. But he'd hear a story about baseball. Yeah. And that's exactly how Jesus taught in parables. That's yep. why he taught in parables. Because people relate to, and they'll listen to it. So it's to be sensitive and obedient, like we talked about. Yeah, absolutely. And you were pliable. Carl, that's why that message hit home for this guy. You were willing to be pliable and be obedient. Going again, sensitivity, so important, because that baseball analogy probably would have done nothing for, for, for Tony and his wife. Um, but defining shalom for John <laughs> wouldn't have cared. I would have meant nothing to him. Right. He would not have cared one iota what the word shalom meant. Exactly. Had anything beyond a, a curiosity level. But speaking the right message to the right people at the right time was impactful. And that can only come by being attentive to the spirit when the spirit says, hey, move. This is this is what I want you to say. And now it's the time. This is the person. It's so important to be in alignment. It comes in. That's that's where that I know it's like minded just talking about you know, believer to believer. But the underlying intent of that is understanding the, the true purpose of what we're called to each of us understanding that true purpose being in alignment with that purpose. And that can only come by walking in a step with, with Jesus, with the Father. It's the only way it can come. We have to be pressing into him. We've, we've got to be. Because there's a, man, there's a dark, lost world out there that desperately needs his light. And there are far too many Christians um, for us to have an excuse for them not hearing it, not, not hearing the gospel and not seeing that light. Exactly. I've never read anywhere in the Bible where it says we're supposed to keep it to ourselves. Right. I don't think I, I know that's not in there. Now, I'm not saying everybody should go in that environment. You only go to where you're called. Right. You know what I mean? Don't right. force his will. That's getting ahead of him. But, you know, you can't do everything, but you can do something. And there's something that he's calling you to or something he's trying to get you to yield to him so he can prepare you to call you for. And there's too many of us that are just comfortable on the sidelines. I was there for a long time, and we've got to get past that. So we're back to comfort again. Mm-hmm. 
I think so. Hmm. Well, my final thought is just something cool because when when I was really pressed to share all this and pressed on how to divide it out and what scriptures to focus on for each each week that that we share he was so clear about first peter the, this section from peter so clear and it was really cool like i put this i put this down and i always i, I don't always ask for confirmation but he always kind of gives it anyway you know what i mean just a it's almost like a yeah, you're on the right track type of thing a guy that I met down there in Philadelphia this time named, named James Washington, right after I put this outline together and write it down that I'm going to be in this section of Peter, he posts on Facebook, this section of Peter, the exact same spot. And then of course, Bob quotes from Psalm 34 on the round table. But when I really started digging in to this section, I like to define words. One of the phrases that I looked into was love one another. And when I read that in my translation, I just assumed that love there was something like agape. That's what I assumed. When I dug into it, have any guesses as to what phrase you might have already know, what phrase Peter actually uses there? I'll do to you what Chris always loved that I did to him, yeah. asking uncomfortable questions. Then. It's not uncomfortable. I, for some reason, think I know this answer, but it's not coming to me. It's so obvious. It'll be so obvious to you when I say it. I was blown away. I feel like it has something to do with alignment, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Wow. Same Greek word that we get the, the, the name for the city. City of brotherly love. Philadelphia means to love one another with, with familial affection, brotherly love. So cool the way he works, man. It's so cool the way he brings things together and just gives you those little winks that you don't really even expect. But without study, you wouldn't have known that. Yeah. But more importantly, in study was you were open to see the connection. I think that's what we lack. And that's that's where I'm gonna leave my final thought. I think it's not it's not even just that we're not hearing his voice, we're unwilling to hear him in the way he's speaking. Um, we use the term coincidence far too often. Far too often. There are many times that he's speaking very clearly to us and we're just not paying attention because we treat it like it's mundane. And it's not. We've got to be much more open to not just him speaking, but to the ways in which he is speaking. That would be my final thought and my 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 message because it matters because those two interactions that I had with those individuals and others that I had that day that I'm not going to share um, it, it was really all built upon being attentive to what he's saying and how he's saying it otherwise I would have missed so many opportunities missed so many blessings missed so many opportunities to be a blessing that's really where it's at Mikey you want to pray us out? Yeah. Father we thank you for the opportunity that we have to just discuss your truths and Lord, just to hear about how you're working um, in different areas of, of the world, Lord, specifically the Kingsington area of Philadelphia. Lord, I just pray that, Lord, as people listen and people hear your truths and your, your workings, 
and Lord, that we would be sensitive to, to your promptings, that we would go where you say to go, or that we would lead where you say to lead. Lord, sometimes even keep our mouth shut where we need to keep our mouth shut. Yeah. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to help us to follow you in every aspect of our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Tell that I'm already